to the pickup game. I'm Tim Williams. I'm joined this week by Evan Wiener. We're going to talk about some business and sports topics. He's Sports Talk Florida's business and sports expert. And we're really going to center on football and Los Angeles and the Chargers and also the Raiders talking about moving. Obviously, I think the biggest story here is the Chargers having just declared that they're going to be moving to Los Angeles starting this year. They're going to play the next season in the StubHub Center, which is also the home of the LA Galaxy. And from there, they're going to join the Rams in the new stadium being built. And Evan's been covering this from day one. So what are the specifics here what what do the chargers still have to do to complete their move to la or is it already completed just that they announced it yeah it's already completed but uh i think this story has to go back to 1995 and then 2000 in uh, 1995 the al davis and the raiders had reached a deal with the hollywood park racetrack ownership group to build a stadium in the Hollywood Park parking lot, which was in between the racetrack and uh, the Inglewood Forum. And uh, that's where Al Davis wanted to move and wanted to get there by 1998. He never got there. The NFL came up with some clauses which didn't allow Al to go ahead. And this is where the two-team solution starts in Los Angeles, even if they have no team. Uh, But Davis is supposed to build the stadium And he's going to get five Super Bowls over 10 years. And uh, as my friend Jeff Beeren called it, who was working with Al at the time as his attorney, it was the great taffy pole. Over a 10-year period, starting in 1998, there was supposed to be five Super Bowls. That got knocked down to three and then down to one. And then, all of a sudden, let's have a second team in there. We'll give you a year start, 1998, and put another team there in 1999. I'm not sure which team was going to go, but supposedly another team in 1999, or maybe even an expansion team because they had to get up to uh, 32 teams. But that didn't happen. Uh, Davis balked at the terms. The NFL was going to kick some money in, but Davis would build the stadium, then he would sell all the luxury boxes for both teams and all the signage within the stadium for both teams, and all the club seats for both teams. Davis didn't want to do that. He went up to Oakland. The next time there was a chance that um, Los Angeles would have gotten a team, the Seattle Seahawks owner, Ken Bering, all of a sudden decided, this is like 97 or 98, that the kingdom in Seattle was not earthquake-proof enough. And he wanted to move from the Pacific Northwest to another earthquake zone, Anaheim. But I don't think the earthquakes factored into his decision to go to Anaheim. He just wanted to go into the market and Seattle would not, uh, Seattle's market wasn't rich enough and nor did they have the stadium as the Los Angeles market, the NFL stopped him from moving. That's, it cracks me up every time I see the Seattle Seahawks honoring the 12th man and all. Uh, given that the moving bands had already headed down I-5 from uh, Seattle to uh, Anaheim before the NFL sent them back. 
uh, so much for the 12th man, so much for taking fans for granted. But anyway, so that was uh, 97, 98. 1999, the NFL's Los Angeles solution was build a stadium in Carson, California, and expand by 20, uh, by 2002. And uh, Michael Ovitz, who was a major power broker and vice president of Disney, would be the owner of the Los Angeles team, which wouldn't play in Los Angeles proper, but would play in Carson, California. Except there was a problem in Carson, California, where the Chargers ironically are going to play for the next two years. The problem in Carson was that it was a toxic waste dump and that there was a need for $50 million to uh, cap the toxicity. Nobody wanted to do that. So the uh, 32nd team in 1999, the Los Angeles expansion team, ended up in Houston. Um, in 2000, I was part of the problem. Uh, during the uh, National Football League owners meeting in the uh, Breakers in Palm Beach, Florida, on March 26, 2000, at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, to be as precise as we could be, uh, I saw Alex Spanos, the 76-year-old owner of the San Diego Chargers. He's walking through the lobby. I said, hey, Alex, can I uh, talk to you for a second? Introduced myself, although Alex knew me. And um, I wasn't really looking for anything per se at that NFL owners meeting. Uh, Minnesota was looking for a new uh, stadium. Of course, the Los Angeles thing had fallen through. And the San Diego Padres owner, John Moores, had just gotten a new stadium in San Diego with the city kicking in $299 million to build that new stadium. And Moores was going to develop the area around the stadium. And I said to uh, Alex, and it wasn't, are you moving? It was one of these, are you happy or unhappy that John Moores got your state, uh, the stadium and money for the uh, stadium from San Diego? And he basically said he was unhappy. And explain why he was unhappy, that he had an old stadium, which at that point was about 35 years old, which had just been renovated up to NFL specs because the NFL awarded the 2003 Super Bowl to San Diego. But he was very upset that the Padres had a new baseball park, and that's where the whole uh, saga and story of the uh, San Diego Chargers start, March 26, 2000 in a hotel lobby when Alex Spanos, the owner at that point, uh, decided to that he, it was time for him to talk, and he talked. And that's, that's 2000. So now we're looking at L.A. hasn't had a team for, at that point, five years or six seasons? Uh, at that point, it's uh, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, five years. Okay, so it's been five years at that point since L.A.'s had a football team. Now, obviously, the NFL sounds like they really wanted to get back in L.A. as soon as possible. Was there interference from Los Angeles itself that was helping, besides the environmental issues that you mentioned earlier with Carson, was there anything else from Los Angeles that was holding this process up? Yeah, no money. Nobody wants to keep money. Uh, California is a very, 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 very difficult place to build a stadium or an arena. Uh, in San Diego's case, because they went to a referendum last November, it wasn't 50 plus one uh, as a majority. It was a uh, two-thirds majority, 67%. 
uh, environmentally, you got to go through hoops. Now, stadiums have been built uh, since 2000. Certainly, uh, the San Francisco Giants, uh, they got a building um, in China Basin. Um, the San Jose Sharks, well, they came in the early 1990s in San Jose. Uh, there was a rebuild of the Oakland Coliseum in 1995. Down in the Los Angeles area, uh, Anaheim has had the stadium since 65, Dodger Stadium since 62. The Coliseum has been rebuilt a number of times, but getting a stadium environmentally approved because of air pollution and because of earthquake problems is a very rough go and it takes a long time and certainly uh, in the early part of the 21st century there was no money and nobody wanted to invest and owners have found out that investing in the stadium unless you got the kind of money that Stan Kroenke has as a Walton son-in-law he's Bud Walton's son-in-law it generally doesn't pay to build your own stadium without help now, if you look at the Los Angeles market, it's an interesting market in that uh, there's a lot of money in Los Angeles, but it's not in the city of Los Angeles. Beverly Hills is a separate entity. So is Santa Monica. So is Pasadena. So is uh, the Pacific Palisades. So is Malibu. So is Newport Beach, which actually is down in Orange County. So the places with the money, with a lot of money, uh, who could maybe, in theory, afford to help somebody build a stadium, uh, they didn't want it. Nobody is going to go to Sa uh, Santa Monica. I mean, that's not really where you're going to put a stadium. Uh, you want to put a stadium in Los Angeles, but Los Angeles is not very rich. In fact, there are a lot of really bad areas in Los Angeles that need work, and some of it's being worked on. And Los Angeles right now has a huge homeless problem downtown. Um, so, but back then, if you remember the politics back then, there were. Uh, energy, um, where the energy was being rationed. Um, Gray Davis was recalled as governor of the state. Arnold said he wanted to put two teams in Los Angeles, but there was no California state money that was coming from Schwarzenegger or the state Senate or the assembly. So the big holdup in Los Angeles was that they were getting no municipal money. Uh, eventually, Kroenke got his deal in Englewood which is ironic because it's where L. Davis wanted to put his stadium. And uh, he put up most of his own money, allegedly. And uh, Englewood's putting up some money, and there's some tax increase, uh, tax incentives, tax breaks that are going there. And um, so Kroenke did eventually get that uh, area. He bought the tract of land that was at Hollywood Park. So he was able to do whatever he needed to do to build a stadium. And Kroenke has money. So pulling out a billion dollars to build a stadium probably won't necessarily hurt him. It's probably like taking a thousand dollars out for me or you. Well, and he had that stadium or he had the land where that stadium is going to be built for years before the Rams even announced their move. So that became no, no, Kroenke, no, Kroenke got the land a few years ago. It was owned by uh, the Davis family and um, it got passed on Hollywood Park. Like a lot of other racetracks, um, was in bad shape, and um, the land in Englewood's uh, Englewood is uh, is a is not a rich community either. Uh, it's adjacent to Los Angeles off the uh, four hundred five, 
uh, the Lakers and Kings played there for a very, very long time. And um, they moved downtown um, when um, Anschutz and others built that building downtown. But uh, it's accessible, at least to highways. And that's probably the, the biggest thing. He's also building a village around their office buildings and space. And the NFL Network is actually moving from Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, to Englewood. So that's one business. The city of Los Angeles is losing to Englewood because of the football team. That That's extremely interesting. And then you look at stadiums in general, it becomes very hard to fill a stadium when there's not a sporting event going on. And the larger the stadium is, the fewer events can fit inside of it. So when you mentioned it's not advantageous for a lot of teams to own their own stadiums, especially if cities are offering money to build them that you can take, it's it's a better decision to not buy your own stadium, to not pay for building your own stadium, because outside of the eight home games a year, up to 10 if you happen to be the number one seed in your conference and make it all the way to the championship game, outside of those 10 nights a year, it's very hard to fill dates, and that ends up being a piece of land that doesn't get used that often. So the more you can put around it, the better off you'll be because outside of the very few bands that can fill a football stadium for a concert, there's really not much in the way of other business that's going to come the way of a stadium out in LA. No, I mean, uh, they'll have soccer uh, because you can get teams um, around the world and people will come out to support it. Um, so you can get 80,000 for, um, a couple matches a year, uh, in Kroenke's case, he'll have 16 regular season games. Uh, there'll be four preseason games. So that's 20. And, uh, if everything went well and both teams went to the conference finals, it'd be 24. Um, you gotta remember in Los Angeles, you got the Hollywood bowl, um, and you got uh, other venues uh, that you could have concerts. Theoretically, the the place where the Chargers will play seats about thirty thousand. Uh, you still have the Rose Bowl. You still have the L.A. Coliseum. So there's uh, there are a lot of big big buildings there, and then you got of course the smaller buildings. Uh, there'll be another soccer stadium that's uh, going in to replace the L.A. Arena, which is adjacent to the Los Angeles Coliseum. And the Coliseum is not going anywhere because U, uh, USC has a very, very long-term deal, I believe a 99-year deal to run the, the L.A. Coliseum. And UCLA likes its deal over at Pasadena, even though Kroenke is trying to get them to move to his stadium, which would be another, what, four, five, six games a year. So that would take it up to 30 football games a year. He's getting a Super Bowl uh, in 2021 and maybe – just maybe uh, he could convince the NFL to move the uh, scouting combine from Indianapolis to LA. And that's only a week uh, LA meaning Englewood. So, um, but that again is only a week. So football related things, 31 days a year at best at absolute best. Most of the time that stadium's empty. So if you do have 31 days, what do you do the other 334 days a year? Right. And you mentioned the Chargers will essentially be a tenant in this new building. So yeah. Any idea what they'll be paying the Rams to play in this building? No. Um, and, you know, none of us know what 
NFL owners actually make and don't make. And even if they put out a set of books, it may not be the set of books that's the real books. Um, NFL owners typically like to work out deals with cities because under the, uh, I'm going to get technical here for a little bit. I hope uh, you don't mind. In 1986, the tax code was reformed by the United States, by Congress, and signed um, into law by Ronald Reagan. One of the provisions of the tax code on municipal spending, and it certainly applied to sports, was that under the right set of circumstances, a city could build a stadium and the owner could take 92% of the revenue out of the stadium and keep it. And uh, we've seen that in Cincinnati. We've seen that in Indianapolis. And what happens is the city or the municipality can take 8% back from the revenues and apply it to pay down the debt. And um, the stadium may have X amount of cost, say $300 million. But what is not factored in is the bonds that have to be taken out on the stadium and how you have to pay interest on those bonds. So if you're only getting eight cents back on every dollar and there's really in a football stadium, maybe it's used 25, 30 times a year. You're not getting back very much money. So you have to look at other areas to make up that money. And generally it's a hotel tax or a motel tax or a car rental tax or a sewer tax or a water tax or a tax on seats or in the ultimate cutting back services such as paving roads, filling in potholes, garbage pickup, or in the absolute ultimate, starting laying off municipal employees, which happened in Cincinnati. You're listening to The Pickup Game. I'm Tim Williams. I'm joined by Evan Weiner. I'd like to switch topics a little bit and move on to the Raiders, that they were also trying to get involved in this L.A. move. As you said, they've been on the periphery of trying to get football back in Los Angeles from well, when the Raiders last were in L.A. So what happened here with the Raiders moving to Las Vegas? They Obviously, they had a vote on the N- in, around the NFL as to which team should move to Los Angeles, and the Raiders lost. Why did they lose? Because people don't like the Davis family. You know, Al Davis sued the NFL back in the early 1980s for the right to go to Los Angeles after the NFL had some torturous interference uh, keeping them in Oakland and not allowing them to shop around. Now, you got to remember back in the day, uh, in the late 19, well, let's let's go back to 1973-74. Carol Rosenblum had owned the Baltimore Colts. Uh, Daniel Reeves had owned the Los Angeles uh, Rams. Uh, the Rams were sold to uh, Bob Ursay. Uh, Bob Ursay, in a tax deal, swapped the Rams for the Colts and moved the team from or moved his ownership from Los Angeles to uh, Baltimore. And Carol Rosenblum went out to Los Angeles. Rosenblum moved the Rams to Anaheim by 1980, which left the Los Angeles Coliseum open. Now, Al Davis was looking at that point at cable TV being a major, major revenue share, a major, major revenue generator, and the possibility of pay-per-view. And there were more people who were living in Los Angeles and the Los Angeles market than the San Francisco-Oakland market. And he felt that pay-per-view was going to take over, which it never did. 
And uh, he decided to move to Los Angeles because there were more eyeballs and more people possibly buying pay-per-view. NFL stopped him. He sued on antitrust grounds. He won, and he won the right to move to uh, Los Angeles in 1982. Ursay didn't stay in Baltimore. He moved over to Indianapolis. Um, there were a lot of hard feelings, and to exasperate the problem, Al Davis testified on behalf of the United States Football League in the USFL-NFL antitrust trial uh, in 1986. So uh, there were hard feelings. Uh, Jerry Jones actually was taken under Al's wing when Jerry came into the league. Uh, the NFL had some torturous interference on the move uh, from the Coliseum to Hollywood Park that Davis wanted to do, which wasn't done. So he moved back to Oakland. Davis was uh, suing Oakland within two or three years because the promises they had made to him about ticket sales never came to be. So because of the very litigious situation that Al Davis had put the NFL through, and he still sued the NFL in the 21st century, claiming that uh, he had territorial rights to Los Angeles, which he never did. So there was a, a lot of animosity over the and acrimony over 20, 25 years. Um, and so actually going back to the 1966 merger, because it was Al Davis who became the commissioner of the American Football League, who decided that the AFL should sign all of the NFL's top quarterbacks in those days, John Brody with San Francisco, Roman Gabriel with the Los Angeles Rams, bring him to the AFL, which helped hasten the merger between the AFL and the NFL. So even though Al had passed, uh, there were people with long memories, and they decided there were three people, three teams last year, the, the Rams, the Raiders and the Chargers, all with leases ending in St. Louis, Oakland, and San Diego. And two of them could move to L.A. All three of them wanted to move to L.A. The NFL made the decision allowing Kroenke, and Jerry Jones wanted Kroenke out of St. Louis to move to L.A. That's how that came about. They gave San Diego uh, and Dina Spanos the option of moving uh, to Los Angeles by January 15, 2017, and they told the Raiders, hey, go figure out your own problems. And then Al Davis uh, hooked up with Sheldon Adelson in Las Vegas, and the state of Nevada came up with the largest subsidy ever uh, for a stadium, $750 million, all coming from Clark County, Las Vegas, uh, hotel rooms. So they're going to hike the uh, hotel tax to help pay for this nine, uh, $1.9 billion proposed stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah, $1.9 billion. Now, would that be pending a vote as well? No, the state legislature has said okay to it. No, I mean the NFL. Would the Raiders move? Yeah, they have to vote. Vote? But you know what? The NFL, if they see monies to be made in Las Vegas, they'll go. And it really doesn't look like Oakland's going to be able to counter with a stadium of their own. There's been talk about it, but it seems difficult to believe would they then move their focus to the Oakland Athletics, the baseball team that's been kind of hinting at trying to move to San Jose if they're ever allowed? Well, that's that's my commentary for tomorrow on Sports Talk Florida, uh, Oakland. Uh, the Warriors franchise is moving across the bay to near the Bay Area Bridge in San Francisco. So they got an arena. Um, the Raiders plan to be a lame duck in 2018. 17 and 2018. I'm not sure how that's going to work because that's, those never worked. The 1965 Milwaukee Braves. 
uh, and the um, and the Houston Oilers in 1996, uh, both lame duck, and, and it was terrible for business. Um, so I, I, I don't see that working, although the Raiders are a national team and Raiders nation and, and all that. But I can't see, you know, if you own a business and you got to remember, it's not fans that support teams. Fans watch on TV. Uh, it's business that supports teams. And I can't imagine any San Francisco, Oakland, Sacramento, San Jose based business actually wanting to give Mark Davis money to keep him going for the next two years. Uh, I'm not sure what their situation is with personal seat licenses and how long those go. They didn't work in Oakland. Um, but the Raiders franchise is still more marketable in the Bay Area than, than the 49ers franchise is today. Um, but I think they're going to have trouble with that. That leaves the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's just uh, switched majority owners. And um, they Lou Wolf wanted to take them down to San Jose. And they would have been a lot closer to the Silicon Valley, but the San Francisco Giants ownership has territorial rights to San Jose, which is 45 miles away. And depending on the traffic going down 101, could be an hour, an hour and a half, two hours away from downtown San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco draws from Marin County. The Oakland A's draw is from the South Bay. Uh, and, and of course, uh, one thing that the A's have an advantage is that they're right on the BART system. So a lot of the people who do go to A's games go by mass transit. Um, baseball could block Oakland's move or Blue Wolf's move to San Jose because of the 1922 Supreme Court decision, which said baseball uh, was not uh, was exempt from antitrust laws and baseball was a game, not an interstate business. Although I still have problems with that. Uh, 95 years later, because um, if you think back in 1922, when the New York Giants, the Manhattan New York Giants, would travel, say, to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia Phillies or the New York Yankees in the Bronx would go down to Philadelphia and play the Philadelphia A's, I think, maybe I'm mistaken, but I think New York and Pennsylvania are separate states and that those four franchises I just pointed out were conducting. I believe, in my mind, interstate business. Certainly the 1920 World Series was an example of interstate business of a sort. Uh, 19, yeah. I'm sorry, 1919 World Series. I don't know why I had that year mixed up. Well, yeah, the Chicago White Sox and, and the Cincinnati Reds, Illinois and Ohio. But, hey, look, um, baseball has played the courts rather well all these years, uh, Judge Landis, who eventually became the commissioner um, in, the, in that whole federal league versus the National League and American League in baseball, helped out the American and National League in baseball. And that whole thing with the antitrust exemption was the Baltimore Terrapins were not taken into Major League Baseball. In fact, the only thing that's left from the federal league is Wrigley Field um, because the Chicago Cubs franchise moved into Wrigley Field which was built for the Chicago Wales. And uh, the Baltimore owners felt that they didn't get enough of a payoff and they sued under antitrust laws and they lost. And baseball has basically most of the antitrust exemption has been chipped away, but territorially it hasn't. And uh, you could go back to 2009 when uh, Jim Basile was trying to buy the Phoenix Coyotes 
and move it to Hamilton in the NHL. And they went uh, before a judge uh, in Arizona. And he basically ruled that leagues have the right to uphold their territorial rights. And, and that's what happened with the A's and the Giants, although that never went to court with baseball. Um, the San Jose tried to sue baseball, not the Lou Wolf, and, and that failed. Right. Now, going back to Los Angeles, it, it's a strange situation for people who don't really know L.A. that well, that here's this giant city who has been very good to some sports teams in the past. Certainly the Dodgers and Lakers would dispute if anyone said Los Angeles wasn't much of a sports town. They've been fantastic to those teams. But they did lose two NFL franchises in the 90s, and it took a very long time for them to come back. Now, you've explained monetarily why the real reason why there hasn't been a team in L.A. since 1995 until this last year. But beyond that, what makes L.A. so unique in these terms that this can happen in Los Angeles, but it really doesn't seem to be happening in any other major metropolitan areas in the United States where two teams can just leave. What makes LA so unique? Uh, I remember many, many years ago, Bill White and Phil Rizzuto were talking about uh, attendance at Yankee Stadium around the 4th of July and, and Rizzuto said, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. Why aren't they coming to baseball games? And Bill White's response was, Scooter, ever hear of something called the beach? Um, there, are, There's a lot of, I mean, L.A., it's a lot of outdoor activities, and you could go biking, you could go swimming. You don't necessarily have to go to a game, particularly in the fall, because you could go play volleyball on uh, down um, by uh, – uh, Venice, uh, that whole strip of, of beach there going up to Santa Monica, ride your bike, go mountain climbing, even go skiing. Um, and there's a lot to do, a lot outdoors to do in Los Angeles. Um, you know, back East sports is important, uh, in a and sports is life and death. Although <laughs> there've been some instances in parking lots in California where it really was life and death. So I shouldn't be bringing that up, but sports is important. Uh, Red Sox Nation, uh, the Yankees, um, and and on and on and on. Out in L.A., out in the West, in San Diego and Phoenix, uh, it's not as intense. It's not as, uh, you know, it's more star-driven when the Lakers, when that franchise is good and Jack Nicholson is there and Diane Cannon is there and, and you know, going back to Celebrity Row to the 1960s with Doris Day and and Jack Lemon and, and Walter Matthau, uh, going back to the Dodgers when uh, in the 1960s they would appear on the Mr. Ed show or the Donna Reed show or even the Munsters. Uh, it was more of an entertainment thing. Um, in terms of L.A., you got to look at how, you know, I'm going to get into another area here about sports and its fans versus customers. And in the old days, back in the late 1940s and the 50s, there would be 100,000 fans going out to see the Los Angeles Rams. But they had Bob Waterfield, 
who was married to Jane Russell, who was you know, a major star in that in those days. And they had guys like uh, who with great nicknames like uh, Elroy, Crazy Leg, Hirsch. And they had another guy whose nickname was uh, Vitamin T and and so on and so forth. And uh, and they were the darlings of Hollywood and uh, the movie industry that, of course, L.A. has changed since then. And sports has changed since then. Sports is now corporate. A lot of tickets have been sold, sold to corporations and businesses where you could take money off, write it off as a tax loss because you're doing business. Humphrey Bogart, uh, the great actor of the 30s, 40s, and 50s, cut a spot for baseball uh, many, many years ago. Uh, it's a great place where you could go and enjoy the sun and, and sit uh, next to a bum off the street. Didn't matter what your economic class was. Enjoy a hot dog and watch a game. Well, you know, sports teams practice segregation now, and they don't want to hear that, but they do. I mean, you got uh, the luxury boxes, and you got separate entrances into the arena to get to the boxes, and you got club seats. And it's about corporate money coming in. The question is, is there enough corporate money in Los Angeles for the Dodgers, for the Angels, even though they're in Orange County, for the Ducks in Orange County, uh, for the Kings, for the Lakers over in uh, L.A. at the arena, um, for the Clippers, for the Lakers, and then factor in UCLA basketball, UCLA football, UCL, uh, USC football. Those are major league teams, whether you like it or not. They're college teams, but they're big-time teams. And so the question is, with all of that going on, is there enough capital to support two baseball teams, two hockey teams, two basketball teams, four major football entities, uh, the Rams, Chargers, uh, along with USC and UCLA, and now throw in the LA Galaxy, and there's going to be another team in LA where the old sports forum was uh, adjacent to the Coliseum. That's a lot of inventory to sell. That's an awful lot of inventory to sell. It certainly is. And you mentioned the Galaxy, so I, I think it would be appropriate to point out here that the LA Galaxy have a stadium of their own, which is now where the Chargers are going to be playing while this new one is being built. It seats 30,000 people are at will when the Chargers finally play there. It's called the StubHub Center. And if we're being honest, it was really built and it became a thing when the Los Angeles Galaxy signed not really so much a soccer player, although David Beckham certainly was that, but he was also a celebrity, and that seemed to really kickstart that franchise. So to your point about Los Angeles, I think it's important to note there the Chargers are moving into temporarily the house that David Beckham built. Yeah, well, you know, I, I give talks on cruise ships about Beckham's success or failure, and uh, on the field, he was a failure. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who would doubt that, but... When he was signed to that big contract at that point, he was the face of uh, American soccer. And uh, he he was supposed to be Joe Namath for the American Football League or, or Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali for um, the uh, for boxing. Um, you know, he did a lot in terms of off the field stuff. Uh, soccer is growing in the country. Uh, when he got there, uh, Major League Soccer, everybody was losing money in 2017 everybody's still losing money 
although more and more cities want major league soccer and are willing to build stadiums. But yeah, Los Angeles is still store driven to a certain extent, um, certain extent, not as much as it used to be. Um, and the Lakers certainly, they are, uh, that team is Clippers, not so much the hockey teams, not so much, but you know, if, uh, if I was on another show, uh, earlier talking about star driven in baseball, who's the star in baseball that you want to go out to see? There is no Sandy Koufax when the Dodgers moved from Brooklyn to Los Angeles, they didn't have any stars, but they were created because they went on TV shows and then. Sandy became really good, and they had Don Drysdale. Um, the entertainment industry certainly helped the Dodgers. Uh, when the Lakers, I was talking many, many years ago, the Slick Leonard, who played with the uh, Minneapolis Lakers, who moved to Los Angeles, they had the stars. They had Jerry West, and they had Elgin Baylor, but basketball wasn't a big deal. But they created the celebrity row where it was a big deal that you go out to see a Lakers game. If you were a celebrity, here's who's in our audience today. Um, I don't think LA is like that anymore, although um, it doesn't hurt. Um, I think what it is these days is the corporates using games as business. And you could do that in every city. Now Los Angeles is going after the 2024 Olympics. There's, who knows what the star power is going to be. Uh, Bolt's not going to be there in 2024. Somebody might emerge in 2020. Michael Phelps is not going to be there in 2024. Uh, but the Olympics and the five rings, I, I guess, is enough star power. And uh, this is where the NFL comes into play. Uh, the Olympic Committee wants to redo the Coliseum, but all of a sudden you got a brand new arena, the most uh, technologically advanced arena or stadium in Englewood. And you can make a lot more money if you're the LA Olympic Committee in Englewood than you can in LA, except LA is putting up a quarter of a billion dollars for cost overruns for the Olympics and Englewood's putting up no money. So if you're Eric Garcetti, who is the mayor of Los Angeles and, and, and waving the pom-poms, uh, for uh, the LA Olympics, you got a problem there with the Rams coming in in terms of your investment into the Los Angeles Olympics, which right now is a quarter of a billion dollars if they do get it in September um, when, when it's handed out. Uh, LA is the market's change. It's not the same. It's not the Mr. Ed Munster's uh, Donna Reed, Jerry Lewis putting uh, Dodgers players into his. Uh, movies, Milton Berle, uh, Danny Thomas days, uh, when celebrities were really, really big. That went out with Tommy Lasorda. I mean, Lasorda used to bring uh, celebrities into the clubhouse. Um, but I think the, the LA market is now business and you take care of business. And I think David Beckham, his signing was not necessarily for get the celebrities in, although he did that. I think it was to tell the LA businesses, hey, we're here, we're big league, invest in us. And I'd like to make a final point and leave you with one, one last thing that you can play off of. I know you have to go soon, so I'll make it quick. You mentioned the difference between a fan and the corporate seats. And yeah. it's funny, we talk a lot about fans in this equation, but really, even the fans are indeed paying customers. Now, obviously, to your point, there are much larger paying customers that are paying much more money than 
you or I would pay on a seat or on a hat or on a, you know, whatever. But there are paying customers in this equation. And it makes me wonder how the NFL really is going to turn to the paying customers that are the TV networks that pay them billions of dollars, that drive more revenue than anybody else. And what if those are the customers that really matter to the NFL, well, who matters to them? The viewers matter to them. So at the end of the day, the fans still are the paying customers driving the product. And it is worth asking now, if you are an NFL fan, as I am, I'm sure, as you are, as so many people listening will be, the question is, what does the NFL think of you as a paying customer? Uh, I think it's beyond the NFL. I think you could throw in everybody but Major League Soccer because they're they're making a really critical attempt to get at uh, young people, giving tickets away at soccer clinics and things of that nature. Uh, look, it's corporate. Um, the tickets are scaled corporately. Uh, the people who are real fans have been frozen out. They've been told to watch it on TV. But you could go and watch it on TV and you have what your 50 inch or 60 inch or 70 inch or whatever monster inch uh, TV that you have in high definition. And in a lot of cases, particularly in football, you see a better game on TV. Um, and to oh, the yeah. point where the owners want to bring the TV experience into the stadiums. Uh, many, many years ago, I had a friend by the name of Bob Block, uh, who's alive, who's around 90 years old, who lives in Reno, uh, Nevada. And uh, he tried to buy the Chicago Bulls in about 1973 and 74, and he was blocked and it would take a whole hour and a half to explain all the machinations that happened, why he was blocked, and how the case was finally uh, settled by a judge 13 years later, but he was out of it by that point because he was into TV and trying to sell his product to the NHL and the NBA. But Bob wanted to build a 5,000-seat stadium. He said, that's all I needed, 5,000 seats with high rollers who were willing to buy the uh, tickets, and I'll put all the games on TV. That's what basically you've seen, although you haven't gotten down to the 5,000 seats. But if you look at what happened in baseball with the whole new stadiums that came in, all of them had much less seats. Uh, it's the old Fenway principle, uh, Fenway Park principle, whereas you make the tickets scarce. So if you have less seats, you make the tickets scarce, people want to go, we'll pay higher amounts of money. For scarce tickets. And you see that uh, a lot of stadiums have cut back on seating capacity. You don't have the old Cleveland Municipal Stadium with 80,000 people and 4,000 people going to baseball games there. Um, so they have a delicate balance. But as long as the NFL particularly can reach 18 to 34-year-old men, which they do uh, on TV and they do. Um, they will sell the product at a high price to the networks because advertisers want the 18 to 34 year old male, which is a very difficult demographic to get. Um, so, yeah, there is that balance. But the owners want people who go to games. They don't want fans here. They want customers because, as Mark Cuban once explained to me, customers will spend money for valet parking. They'll spend money for dinner. They'll spend money on merchandise. Where's the fan will nickel and dime you and try to get the cheapest deal they can. Well, that's a very fair point. Thank you for joining me, Evan Weiner. Um, how do people reach you? How do they find you on um, social media? 
Okay. Uh, at Twitter at Evan J. Weiner, uh, at Facebook, Evan Weiner journalist. Um, I got six books out there all on eBooks, uh, two on the NBA or two on basketball, rather the early days of, uh, basketball. And then the David Stern years, I got three compilations about, uh, the business of sports and, uh, also, uh, uh, as Jim Williams, who you're familiar with, uh, gave me the title of the book, America's Passion from Coal Miners Game uh, to Billions, which is the uh, NFL book. But mostly that book is about uh, the NFL, how the NFL became the NFL in the 20th century. It's on iTunes and Nook and Smashwords and Kobo, and uh, you could get it uh, all through there. So uh and look me up on the internet, E-V-A-N-W-E-I-N-E-R, and you can find whatever you want. And there's the daily video cast on Sports Talk Florida. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that as well. And you've already previewed yours for tomorrow, so I'm sure anyone who was interested by this will be interested in that tomorrow. Thank you very much for yeah, coming I got on. To, I've, I've done three for this week because we may lose power because of a storm. So tomorrow is Oakland. Wednesday is Los Angeles and Thursday is NFL owners are not going to feel buyers remorse moving the Chargers from San Diego to LA. And I'm sure our Florida listeners won't necessarily identify with this, but how nice is it to have a nor'easter where it just rained? Just rained. Well, That's yeah, gonna, well, it, it could be so wind. much worse. <laughs> yeah, but we got the wind this time, so the wind yeah. the wind is is a factor. That's true. I'm just, I'm sitting up here in Boston. I'm just glad that I'm looking out my window and I can still see the blacktop on the road and not just white everywhere. So, and you can reach, you can find me at Twitter at Tim Wright's Sports. This has been the pickup game for Evan Weiner. I'm Tim Williams. Have a wonderful day.